This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome into the last edition of Small Talk in 2018. I'm your host, as always, Michelle Smallman. And don't worry, it may be the last episode of Small Talk for the year, but we have a top-notch guest on deck for you. Everybody loves Bravo. Everyone watches Vanderpump Rules. You know you watch the show. It's everyone's guilty pleasure. And we have the star of the show, Tom Sandoval, in studio with us for this edition of Small Talk. We are going to ask him all of our burning questions. When is he or Ariana going to get married? Is that ass tattoo totally gone? When are we going to see him in drag next? How did he feel being Genrod in that episode? We're going to get into everything with him. But before we do that, let's get Tommy Freeze Pops on the line. He's been back in Boston and Rhode Island hanging out with his family and friends for the holidays. And he's randomly going to check in with us live from a library in Massachusetts. Freeze Pops, what's up? Why are you at a library? Yeah, so I am going to a friend of a friend's New Year's celebration uh, in a town here in Massachusetts, and things are already starting to rock pretty heavy at this establishment. So I said, you know what? I need a quiet place. Four minutes down the road was a nice public library, and I am currently sitting in the playroom at a library on New Year's Eve, talking to you. First of all, I appreciate your commitment to this podcast, that you're leaving a rocking establishment on New Year's Eve to check in with us. Um, but also, I'm looking at the clock, and it is early afternoon on New Year's Eve, so people are yeah. really just getting after it already on the East Coast. Yeah, listen, I mean, you know how people do it up here in Boston. Mass holes, they just love to kind of drink, and this is an opportunity <laughs> to drink, so... Why not, right? Perfect. Tom, let's run through three random things, shall we? Let's do it. All right, random thing number one. I'm just going to turn this over to you because you texted me uh, a kind of a conundrum, a personal conundrum, if you will, that you're dealing with. So I'm going to just let you tee it up, and then we'll go through it. Yeah, so it's kind of a weird deal because, I, you know, I moved to St. Louis. I don't really know anybody. So any opportunity I can have to meet up with somebody that I have some sort of connection with, I'll take it. And being home the last week or so, been talking with people, oh, how's the city, blah, blah, blah. And I come to find out that this girl from my hometown, from my high school, lives in St. Louis. Wow. She's, in a grad, she's in a grad program at one of the colleges there. I think it's SLU or Wash U, one of them. And... Yeah, she's killing it out there. She's doing her thing. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, that would be cool. You know, grab a drink with her or whatever. You know, we have some mutual friends. She went to a prom with my brother. You know, she's not some stranger. Okay. But then I find out she has no interest in meeting up with me, has openly said, you know what? I'm good on Tom. Like, we don't really need to do that. I don't need to be, you know, there for him. He's not the type of guy I really want to kind of reconnect with. And it kind of, I don't know, struck a nerve with me. Because, look, we never had any issues. We were always polite to each other. And, you know, if I lived in a city for a while and someone from my past moved to that city, whether you're friends with them or not, you just want to kind of be a friendly face for them. You know, grab a beer. If there's an emergency, kind of can call them. You know, I don't know. And maybe, maybe that's the, the Midwest in me that's already coming out. Being like, what the hell? Why aren't you being friendly to me? Everyone in the Midwest is friendly. But maybe this is just the Boston, the the Northeast freezes you talk about that has just continued to permeate for this person. And they don't really want to help me out. They're kind of just in their groove. They're like, eh, I don't really have time for that. I'm kind of mad about it. 
Wow. Okay, so like Frank Ocean says, I see both sides like Chanel. I can see your side and I can see her side. So okay. from your standpoint, you're thinking, hey, I just moved to this place. I know what it's like to be in a new city all alone. So if someone from my hometown moved to St. Louis, I would certainly embrace them. I would be very hospitality driven. I would show them around the city. So you in turn were hoping and anticipating that she would have the same mindset. It's nice to have someone swoop in and help you out. I know when I moved yeah. to, to Connecticut, I had no one there that could really help me out. And um, my mom's really good friend lived an hour away from where I lived in Connecticut, and she would invite me over for dinner. She would invite me over <laughs> for Thanksgiving just to have somebody in the same state as you that you could call. So I right. get I get where you're coming from saying, hey, we have no issues <laughs> what's the deal here, right? Right, like, come on. Like, I remember Taylor Twelman used to be, like, super chill with you because he, he, like, he was just helping out a fellow St. Louisan in Bristol, you know? Like, yes. all the St. Louis connects you had in Bristol, you guys were, like, a little packed. You weren't, like, tight. You weren't hanging out on the weekends, but you had each other's backs, you know? And I'm like, hey, I got a fellow Rhode Islander here, a fellow Lincolnite even more, and you can't even be like, hey, like, you know, I got you if you need me. It's messed up. It is messed up. But on the other side of the sea here, I got to tell you, I respect the hell out of this girl. <laughs> I respect the hell out of her. Here's why. So you, I know the circumstances are a little different between you and I, but because you moved here specifically because of me to work with me. You know, this is yes. the, the, we have a, a personal connection here. So I feel very much a responsibility to make sure that you love St. Louis and that you get settled mm -hmm. and that you feel comfortable. But that's just the thing. With that comes a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility. There's at least one time a day that I'm thinking, is Tom okay? Is he all by himself? Does he know how to get somewhere? I never want to leave you out in the cold or feel that, you know, you're questioning this decision or that you don't have anything to do. I, I love that you're here, but I understand where she's coming from. A unless it's a personal thing where she's just like, you know what? I don't like Tom. I don't think he's great. He rubs me the wrong way. He's a little grating at times. I don't want to hang out with him. But if it's strictly a, you know what? That's a heavy responsibility <laughs> to kind of take care of someone from my hometown that is has just moved to St. Louis and has no friends. I don't really want to introduce that stressful dynamic into my life. Then I respect the hell out of her because I just listened to this podcast about essentialism, and it's basically saying we we take so many things on that we don't need to that don't make us happy, and it stresses us out. We're constantly running from this to that, and, and it's not things that we need. So the podcast was basically saying, look at your life, carve out one to three sectors of things that are absolute essentials, and just pour into that. And so maybe she's mm. taking the essentialist approach, saying, you know what, I'm cool with Tom, but this is just not something that I want to put on my plate right now. Mm, no, I guess she was very dismissive about it. I think it was more of like, hey, I'm cool with Tom, as in like, hey, I'm cool with like never hanging out with him again. Like she's just kind of done with me, I think. And I don't know what I did. I don't know. Maybe it is what you're saying. I don't know, Michelle. I'm just like, I would, I'm not wired that way. You know, and I know her family. They're not wired that way. Her sister is best friends with my sister. Like, yeah. This is a girl that should be nice to me. I don't know. It's kind of bothering me. But at the same time, if I didn't know she lived in the city, it's not someone I would ever think about. You know, it's not someone I have like a romantic interest in. It's not someone I'm trying to date. It's just now that I know that she's there, it just bugs me that she has she has made a point to say, I am not going to reach out to Tom because I, I, for whatever reason it is, maybe it's because of essentialism or whatever the hell you're talking about. <laughs> maybe it's because I'm annoying. I don't know, but it annoys me. 
it, it bugs me. It's going to be something that I, I might, I might reach out to her. I might say, hey. That's what I was going to say. I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> I, I might say, hey, bleep, where I say her name. Uh, guess what? I'm in town. Let's grab a drink. I'm going to put it on her plate. I'm going to make her say no to me. I think that? that that's the play, Tom. That was going to be my advice, not that you asked for it, is <laughs> I think you should just be upfront, reach out to her, make yeah. her say no, and then if she says no, say, hey, I'm just wondering, why is it a hard <laughs> pass? Why is it a no? Did I do something yeah. to upset you? Are you practicing essentialism? What is the deal? <laughs> I think then at least you'll be able to put a bow on this and move on because it's going to yeah. eat at you for a while. I can already tell. Right. And, like, look, I'm not the type of guy that, I don't know. I mean, Saruti'd probably say differently, but I- I'm not the type of guy that needs every single person to be my best friend, you know. But now that I know that someone doesn't want to hang out with me, it's bugging me. And maybe that makes me the type of guy that needs everyone to be my best friend. I don't know. I don't know, Michelle. It's making me mad. But it was a hard-o move on her part. Let's be honest. Such a hard-o move, and I- it was apparently at a baby shower. Someone Whoa. that knew me brought it up like, "Oh my God, just realized Tom moved to St. Louis, and you're there. Like, you guys should meet up." And apparently, she was just like. Eh, I don't know. I don't think so. I, that's not something I'm going to do, no. I'm even more impressed with this person because she said it face-to-face <laughs> face at a baby shower. A at a baby shower. People. Yeah. To be like, you know what? That's going to be a no for me, dog, <laughs> Randy Jackson style. To not even consider right. it or to not even say in, in front of people at a baby shower, sure. Yeah, I'll reach out to him or just, just pretend. No. Yeah, there was no white lies. Actually, I really like this girl. Maybe I should hang out with her. <laughs> No, you know what, Michelle, you wouldn't like her. How about that? Because she would think about that. Think about that. That's you would not like someone like that. Come on. Probably not. But I also kind of <laughs> want to just pick her brain and be like, Are you are you just over it? Are you over being polite? What is the deal? Yeah, it's maybe maybe the the Midwest had an adverse effect on her. Maybe the Midwest was so nice that she's backlashing out and being extra mean. There you go. Or maybe she's just being true to herself, Tom. Okay. Yeah, maybe she's just practicing essentialism. There you go. Well, let's move on to random thing number two, because while that didn't really work out in your favor, I read an article recently that I think bodes well for you, my man, and I really want to do, okay. do a dive into this. So I was skimming the New York Times, and I came across an article titled, Year of the Daddy. <laughs> Stick with me here. Oh, God. And I already like it. You already like it. So basically, just to paraphrase, it was saying that in 2018, we've seen this super broad and socially accepted paternal revisionism. And that when we watch shows or really anything with visual media, dads are being portrayed in a hot light. You know, when you used to think about dad bod, it was basically saying, hey, you're doughy and dumpy. When you spoke about dads, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, he's a dad. But now there's been this renaissance, this daddy renaissance, when we're watching shows like This Is Us and you have Randall, a.k.a. Sterling K. Brown, who is so put together. He's fashionable. He knows how to cook. He's got a great body. We're now looking at dads in this super hot light. So, weirdly, I was thinking of you, Tom, when I'm reading this article. Because I'm like, all right, Tom kind of has a dad vibe to him. He likes a flannel Mm. button-down and some jeans and some loafers. He's got the Mm -hmm. salt and pepper hair going on. So maybe if this trend continues into 2019, even though you're a very youthful guy, your kind of pseudo-daddy vibe could really work in your favor when it comes to the ladies. You know, Michelle, you say that I really like a flannel button-down jeans and loafers, and you literally described what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you, you, 
you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I, I do have salt and pepper hair. I got the nice little gray temples going. And, uh, you know, as you were describing the daddy phase, the daddy, I don't know what trend that's going on here, it, it more and more sounded exactly like something that's going to really help me out. Because not only do I have the dad vibe with the hair, I kind of have, you know, the, the young side as well. So it's like of the dad vibe people, I'm kind of number one, right? Because I'm only 26. Yes. And I don't even have the baggage of actually having kids. Correct. It's pretty great. Actually, now that you're running through that, you're at peak 2019 daddy vibe because you're projecting the daddy vibe, but you also work in the youth and you don't have the constraints financially and or in your time space of having children. So, yeah, yeah. you should just really sell this in 2019 on the apps. You should just I don't really know how it works with Dad your bio, vibe. but on there yeah. somewhere, just put daddy. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't think I can put daddy because sometimes I'll jokingly refer to myself as daddy. Like when I enjoy like a piece of pizza or like a, you know, like a drink of some type, I'll be like, oh, yeah, daddy likes just jokingly. Mm. And people don't like that. Joke. Yeah. As you said it, I really it didn't sit well with me. I got to be <laughs> right, honest. So I feel like putting that on a Bumble or a Tinder profile wouldn't really bode well for me. But what if I just had in there a, a line that said, you know, Tom, the way I have it now, we can talk about this. It says Tom 26. It has my job, and then it says uh, my height because girls like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it has uh, – what does it say there? It says New Englander now calling St. Louis home. Okay, great. And then right under that it could say – it doesn't have this now, but maybe I could add the line serious dad vibes. Or instead of saying that, because if I was a girl reading that, I would think that you have kids. Um, uh, or, or that I want kids. Yeah, good point. Which you do. I know you once yeah, have revealed that your, your dream job is to be a stay-at-home dad. Um, yes. So maybe instead of doing that, I just stage a photo shoot with you where you wear your best dad outfits, and in all the photos, you just project daddy vibes. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So it's more of uh, a show, not tell type thing. Correct. You just, you allow okay. them to receive it. <laughs> that sentence is definitely a little weird out of context, but yes, I, I allow them to receive it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go there. You put it on a T for me. I really did. <laughs> but you know what? I think people listening to this got the context. <laughs> All right, Dad Vibe 2019, what's up? I'm what's in. up, I'm in. Tom? I'll start wearing a fanny pack around. I'll tuck in my shirt. What else do dads do? They don't answer their cell phone ever. Oh, so annoying. Uh, Maybe put know. your I'll cell start... phone in a holster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll start wearing a Bluetooth at all times. Wear sensible walking shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'll get those white New Balances. Actually, New Balance you know, with... is awesome. Yeah, New Balance is kind of sick, actually. Remember I got those free New Balances from winning the dance contest at Fenway? Yes. Um, I <laughs> run a lot, and the only shoes I wear are New Balance. They are my jam. Yeah, shout out to New Balance. Yeah, you know What's what? What's up? Shout out New Balance. Thank you for providing the comfort that I need to get my half marathons done. I appreciate you. Yeah, this isn't even an ad. This is just native, just talking about New Balance. Yeah, but if you do want to sponsor us, New Balance, holler at us. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take the money. We'll take it for sure. All right, last one, Tom. <laughs> you know, it is December 31st. It's New Year's Eve. So before we spring forward to 2019, let's both revisit our favorite sports memories from 2018. We haven't really talked sports on the pod in a while. So why don't no, you go yeah. first? What is your favorite sports memory of 2018? Oh, man. Well, this is a really easy one. Uh, the Red Sox won the World Series this year. So that whole day was pretty great. I mean, 
my dad and I went to the Budweiser Brewery in St. Louis, right near my apartment, and we had a great day, drank a bunch of beers. Then we went to Pappy's. Classic spot. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Crushed ribs. (laughs) And then we went to Ballpark Village where they have that massive TV, and we watched the Red Sox take care of business. And there wasn't really a lot of people around because it was a Sunday. So, you know, not a lot of people were out. And I don't think football was kind of on everyone's mind yet. It was, you know, it was sort of early-ish in the season. And, uh, yeah, it was basically just me, my dad, and two or three other Red Sox fans at this huge bar with a huge TV watching the Red Sox get it done in L.A. So we're celebrating. We get the bartender to throw on Sweet Caroline. We get him to start playing some Dropkick Murphys. He's playing all the hits, Dirty Water by the Standells. We get the whole thing going. Uh, And then finally we just start, you know what? We're going to go outside and we're going to celebrate with all these Cardinal greats. And we walked around with all the statues with our beers, we were putting the beers in their mitts and, you know, taking pics with the, the statues. We got a really nice pic with Stan the Man holding up the beers. And it was just something that I'll never forget. And I actually still have that beer bottle at my apartment, even though I take crap for keeping old beer cans and old beer bottles. That one means something to me. I have a one Bud Heavy on my kitchen, uh, I don't know, countertop. And it's uh, representative of that night. My dad and I had a great memory. So great day. That that would be my sports memory. Yeah, that and sounds awesome. I know it's a little awesome. sappy and, you know, I took crap for it. I think the next day I, I came on the show. It was like my quote-unquote introduction to the show. And the text line was lighting me up like, how dare he disrespect those statues. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It was more a celebration of baseball, the way I look at it. Right? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, you make it sound like you were taking all of these amazing photos, you know, just celebrating. You actually were trolling super hardcore. You took a photo of the banner of all of the Cardinals oh, championships. Yeah, yeah, and then wrote, not this year, or something to that effect. No, I remember what I said. I'll say it again just because it was, you know, whatever. Yeah. It said it was all the championships the Cardinals won. And I and then I said, not 04 or 11 right underneath it. It was mean. That was mean. I'll take that. I'll, well, I'll, they did I'll win in 11. At least if you're going oh, to troll, was, get it 13. right. It was 13. 13. Sorry, I lose track. We win so many championships here. It's, it's a lot. I um, just want you to know I now understand why that girl does not want to show you around <laughs> in St. Louis. You've really just reaffirmed my support for her. <laughs> Not 04, not 13. What's up? David Ortiz, greatest DH of all time. (laughs) Steroids. Sorry, I sneezed. Anyway, let's keep moving forward. It's a fair sneeze. It's a fair sneeze. Um, (laughs) So my favorite sports memory of 2018, this is an obvious one, was when the PGA Hmm. Championship came to St. Louis. Again, sappy one for me, uh, but also from a sports realm, it was just incredible. St. Louis is one of those places that knows how to host a big-time sporting event. Sports is everything here. So when you have something like the PGA Championship coming to St. Louis, everybody is on board with this. And the crowds were insane. You had all of the golfers in their interviews saying, I cannot believe the fans here in St. Louis. It felt like I was at a a different sporting event. I've never seen a a golf crowd like this before. You had Tiger almost making his comeback, being with my dad and my uncle as Tiger came down 18, knowing he was in the hunt in his red. It was, again, a memory that I'll never forget. And it was just very, very cool for me to see St. Louis, who, let's be honest, is a community that's kind of been maligned in sports over the past couple years with the Rams leaving, really have a strong showing uh, for the PGA Championship. No, that's 
that's a really good one. And wh- when you said it was obvious, my my mind went to first, like, huh, is she really going to go with Matheny getting fired as her best moment? That's so negative. Because all you talked about the entirety of me knowing you was how much you hated Mike Matheny. <laughs> so don't I hate him. Really Just knew he was not the guy for yeah, the job. Yeah, whatever. We don't need to use the word hate. That's yeah. a very Midwest take for you. Yeah, but, uh, it is. Yeah. The whole time I knew you, all you did was complain about Mike Matheny. I remember when we were on Rosillo. Uh, there was a day where the Cardinals were going to have a press conference. Yes. And you were like, oh, my God, are they doing it? And me and Rudy were like, what? And you're like, oh, my God, is it going to happen? I know. And then it turned out like 20 minutes later, it was some sort of press conference to announce that Colton Wong was like getting, you know, going down to the minors for like a rehab stint or something like that. It was uh, was such a high (laughs) high that's plummeted to a low low. It was one of the most roller coaster 20 minutes I've seen someone go through in a control room. You're like, God damn it. It was so funny. But no, the PGA thing, that I mean that that's awesome and I've never been to a PGA event and I really, really want to go and I, I it's kinda crazy that you got to see that whole tiger deal. I mean, when else are you gonna be able to see that? Who the hell knows if he's ever going to even do that again? It was so special. He was so into it. Not that he wouldn't be normally, but he's such a stoic guy, you know, and especially right. uh, he's obviously won since then, but he hadn't won. And to see him the way he was just so happy and engaged with the fans and really embraced the moment, it was it was so cool. We always talk about transcendent figures in sports, mm-hmm. but Tiger Woods, I mean, maybe you have LeBron in that same conversation. I don't even know because LeBron has been so... So consistently good tiger had the, the drop off so the comeback is that much greater that we talked about all of the time but tiger woods is the singular transcendent sports superstar who dominates coverage the way that he does mm-hmm. who dominates conversation the way that he does i mean golf isn't even a top three major sport but when tiger is in the hunt it's wall-to-wall coverage on espn and so for yep. that conversation to be happening in my community that i love so much and in such a uh, a city that really needed a big sports win it was so special for me definitely the peak of 2018 as far as the sports world's concerned no you're completely right i mean to have that guy doing that in your city is insane. Like if that happened at TPC Boston where they have the events every year, it probably would be a top five Boston event in a year that they'd win World Series and Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that guy's a special dude when it comes to coverage and people caring. I mean, you look at the ratings when he's in the hunt. Golf gets like a 12 rating or something ridiculous. But then when he's not, it doesn't even rate even a little bit. It's it's completely driven by Tiger and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's Tiger and LeBron and, like, Michael Jordan, and, like, that's it. Like, those are the only guys that do that. Maybe Tom Brady or Peyton Manning when they're playing in a big game. But, like, that's it. Right. Those are the guys. So that's crazy. That I, I'm, I'm jealous of that one. That's a, that's a great event. Uh, well, I'm also jealous of yours, so we can be jealous of each other. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, we did win a championship, which was awesome. Well, Tom, <laughs> what a great year we put together. We started this podcast in 2018. It's ended up being one of the highlights of our jobs. And, you know, Happy New Year, buddy. Looking forward to more in 2019. Yeah, I mean, look, 2018 was the year of small talk. Let's make 2019 the year of small talk again, <laughs> right? <laughs> just continuing small talk in 2019 exactly let's do it let's keep it rolling well we are going to keep it rolling with another great interview for you we have an amazing guest this week i am so 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 excited for tom sandoval star vanderpump rules native st louisan we are going to chat with him coming up next 
Take 101 ESPN on the go with the all-new 101 Sports app. See the latest videos, listen to podcasts, and join the conversation with the 101 Sports app. So I've interviewed and worked with my fair share of celebrities, athletes, influencers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, But I have to tell you, when I told my friends that I was interviewing the guests you're going to hear today... I've never heard them more hyped. We have Tom Sandoval, star of <laughs> Vanderpump Rules from Bravo, Bravo Liberty, if you will, on the podcast today. And I truly feel like I've made it. So thank you, Tom, for doing this and giving me the street cred amongst my wow. friends that I desperately I, needed. I'm street cred, huh? That's yes. that's that's great. I love that. But how, how has that been for cred. you, knowing that here you are just living your life with cameras around and you've become this full-blown celebrity? It's it's crazy. I mean, you know, now we're in season seven. And, I, I mean, of course, I never thought it you know, I, I I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I was actually really nervous when the show started because, you know, it's one of those things like you don't know. I mean, I moved out to L.A. to be an actor and to pursue music as well. And this was like the last thing I ever wanted to do was be on a reality show because um, I thought I always thought it was like, you know, I, I guess, you know, in the beginning with reality TV, it always seemed like the death of a career or like, you know, you were a has-been or whatever. Like the last option. Exactly, exactly. But um, it's changed so much over the years. And, you know, I I never had any respect for, you know, anybody in reality TV. I was like, oh, that's like bullshit. It's easy. It's whatever. And actually, I, I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, like being on a reality show is one of the most insanely scary crazy things uh, like I've ever done. I mean, it's it's nuts. So I have to ask you this. I know what your answer is going to be, but is any of this scripted? No, hell no. No. Our show actually, you know, we I, I didn't know if it was, you know, going to be that way because, you know, our showrunner, uh, Bill Langworthy, he came from the hills. He, he, he did the hills. And I knew the hills was like definitely, you know, soft scripted or like at least very produced, you know. Um, so I was worried about that. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to create this cool character, <laughs> you know, who's like kind of mysterious but funny. And like, yeah, all that shit went out the window as soon as we started filming. And one of the things that, you know, with our show, I feel like that makes it so real, obviously, is is that, you know, we're all a group of friends that, have, you know, knew each other for years. We're all We were all like best friends. Like we did everything together. We went on trips together, Coachella together you know, live together. And this this is before the show even started. So it just kind of continued on from there. And I remember like our, it was literally our second day of filming. It was Gay Pride. Um, I think it was back in 2012 or 2013. Jeez. I, um, but like, you know, Stassi and Jax broke up and it just like shit hit the fan immediately. And, and we just never turned back. You know what I mean? You can't go from having something like immediately start off the show that's super hyper real affects, you know, it's like this huge domino effect that affects all of us and then go go back to this like, yeah, you just can't do it. So our show started off real and it's been real ever since. Okay, so I watched the show, big fan of it. If this is not scripted, I've watched since the beginning. How are you guys still friends? Well, um, (laughs) I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are are always, you know, with it being Vanderpump Rules, you know, we're, we're all working for Lisa. We're, like, either at Sir or whatever. I mean, we're kind of forced to be around each other, you know. And obviously, you know, um, 
you know, we get, you know, we've had huge falling outs with certain people or whatever, but then it's like you got to go to work and you got to work with that person. You can't, you know, like when me and Jax had a huge falling out, it's like we're both scheduled on Fridays and Saturdays and it's like I'm not going to work in the restaurant bar and make less money, you know, instead of working in the lounge bar where we make more money on a Friday and Saturday night. So, like, we were forced to be around each other, work around, work with each other. And then also, you know, our mutual friends and it becomes one of those things where it just it, – it's it becomes too exhausting to, like, keep up, like, a beef. You know what I mean? Like, I can't... Easier to forgive? It, it just is. It just is. It's way easier to forgive. I mean, obviously, it takes time, and, you know, they say time heals all wounds. Um, and it's true. I mean, you know, we've... I, I think, too, by this point, you know, being in season seven, you know, we all, we all might not get along, you know, at certain times, but at the end of the day... You know, whether I'm getting along with, you know, certain friends or cast members at a certain point in time, there's always an underlying respect because we're we're all really putting ourselves out there, you know, fearlessly. And uh, and and so I can't help but have respect for, you know, my fellow castmates, even if I fucking hate their guts. (laughs) Okay, well, you mentioned Jack, someone whose guts you did hate. So I want to go there. There's been a lot of. Emphasis put this season on Jackson Brittany. They get yeah. engaged. And you mentioned putting yourself out there. One of the storylines this season is about you and Ariana. You guys have been together for a long time. You're the best couple on the show. Oh, and thank you. cheering for you guys. Like, okay, well, when are they going to get engaged? And Ariana's been really public about the fact that she doesn't want that. You say, I want that. That's something that I I would like. Or at least you kind of yeah. hinted that. So is that one thing that you, you feel like... Maybe I shouldn't put this out there, or is that hard for you to then watch back? Well, it's, you know, it's one of those things. I think, you know, with Ariana, she's obviously, you know, I'm I'm more of a, what do I want to say? I'm more um, social than Ariana. I'm more out there than she is. She's, I'm more extroverted than her. And so there's some things to her that she, you know, would like as as much as possible to try and keep sacred. And I think a lot of that has to do with, too, you know, you know, like three months, not even three months after we started dating, people were just like, when are you going to put a ring on it? When are you going to put a ring on it? Literally like three months. And so I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, Ariana's, and I, I can be like this, too, when everybody just like is hounding you to do this, do this, do this, do this. You're just like, no, well, in that case, I'm never going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, and she can be kind of stubborn in that way. But also I think, you know, I'm not really pushing to get married. I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't even like benefit us like tax wise, even financially. Um, And also, you know, I think, you know, to get back, I think like the real like the reason why marriage came up with with me particularly is because I think it was the first time I was with somebody that I actually like truly deep down respected and that, you know, I actually could see myself marrying. And I think that was just a new, exciting thing for me. Because every every person I've been with in the past, I just never really saw that mm-hmm. in my future with them. And this is like the first time I saw that as a possibility. And uh you know, we're we're actually looking at getting a house together. Like, we were trying to make that happen in December, um, but you know, obviously with the holidays, it gets tough. But we're we're I mean, we're getting ready to get into a thirty year loan together. You know, with a house. So, I mean, that's a pretty damn big commitment. And sure. you know, too with uh with marriage, I just it's one of those things. Like, I feel like too, 
you know, weddings can be very distracting. I know me personally, if I was planning a wedding, I would become obsessed. And I know Ariana would too. Mm-hmm. It would just take over my whole life. And it would like, <laughs> it would end up like, I'd end up spending all my money on this like crazy, insane wedding. One day. Yeah, just one day. One day. Yeah. Um, so I'm so with you on this. So I'm single. I live in St. Louis. And you being from the Midwest, you get it, this, the pressure to get married. Mm-hmm. And the more people ask me, why aren't you getting married? What's the deal? The more I want to be like, why do you care if I get married? Exactly. So I totally understand where you guys are coming from. And, yeah. And I always think it's more of a projection of how that person feels inside. Most why they ask you that. Definitely. I completely agree with you. Um, I feel like people feel this like you know, pressure subconsciously, you know, I need to be married by this age. I need to have a, I need to have a good career, you know, be working, you know, on my 401k, all this stuff like retirement. And then I need to be married. I need to have kids by this age. And then my next kid by this age. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, to me, it's something that I, I I just, you know, I play the, play the hand that I'm dealt. You know, I, I, I just, I take life, you know, one day at a time. I try not to plan too much for the future because even, you know, one thing with the show too I've learned is, you know, a plan is just a list of things that aren't going to happen. Sure. You know. So one person who is taking the plunge that we mentioned is Jax. I read that you're the best man in the wedding, so I need to know how pissed is Schwartz that you're the best man. I think Schwartz and I are both like the best man. Co-best man? Co-best man. Um, And even if I was the best man, um, Schwartz would never be like pissed ever. <laughs> um, and vice versa. Um, but I will say I have proven to be an extremely good best man. Like I, I or just groomsmen in general. Um, especially on the wedding day, like I remember for like Shay's wedding, you know, they they were calling me the Swiss Army knife of life. I had like a backpack with like a roll of paper towels, water, beers, lint roller, uh, you know, translucent powder, a hand <laughs> mirror, a pocket fan, an umbrella. I had, um, wow, just uh, I had concealer. I had can't have bags that day. Exactly, can't. exactly. Razor burn. You know, like come on. I had uh, scissors. I had a sewing kit. Um, the mirror really helped out, especially with like taking pictures. Cause you have to go walk off in the distance and like, wor- and wor- you know what I'm saying? Like, for sure. and it's like, you know, it feels better. Like, especially for the bride to like, you know, just give yourself a once over, just check, make sure you look good. Like if anything, just as a confidence booster, then I had a hanger bag where like, you know, especially for the bride, like if she wanted to uh, sit down, like Sheena, like she could sit, she, you know, she's wearing a white dress. So I feel like you should be for hire for this. You know how many brides are going to listen to this and be like, can we get a Tom Sandoval in my bridal party? I'm telling you, you know, I firmly believe, I told Jax as a wedding gift for him and for uh, Brittany, I'm hiring them a personal assistant for like those two days leading up to it and for the day of. Because even, you know, even though you are a groomsman or somebody's a bridesmaid or whatever, you know, everybody's dressed up. They're in suits or dresses or whatever. And, you know, if you got if somebody needs to go run over here and grab something, you know, it's, you can have the guy in, in the jeans and T-shirt or whatever go do it. You know that's what I mean? a perfect gift. Yeah. It takes a lot of pressure off. That's actually something that someone could use better than a toaster. Oh, yeah. You know and, then, I mean? and for how much money you spend on your wedding, like, you know, spend a little bit more money. Have a personal assistant that just, like... That you don't feel bad ordering around. Definitely. So as you're going through this and I'm hearing your attention to detail, I'm thinking one thing. 
this bachelor party is going to be off the chain. I mean, a bachelor party anyway, as, as the co-best men, is an important thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like for Jax Taylor, what we've seen of him, you have a certain level of debauchery that you really have to live <laughs> up to. So, But as you're, as you're going through the list, I feel like you're up for the task, obviously. So you have to give us a hint. What are you guys kind of thinking about doing? Um, Jax has a location uh, in mind. I... I'm trying to sway him a little bit away from it just because um, if it's summer, it's going to be really hot there. Um, so Is it the Lake of the Ozarks? It's not the Lake <laughs> of the Ozarks. Actually, you know what? That's a good idea. We should do Lake of the Ozarks. It's so the unexpected. Bench. Jackson killed Party Cove. He's never been. He's not, Yeah, you go to oh Party Cove. This is a slam dunk. You have to make it happen. <laughs> or can we just get an episode filmed in St. Louis or at the hey, Lake listen, of the Ozarks? Hey, listen, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Maybe season eight, knock on wood. We need a Tom Tom in St. Louis. Dude, we do need a Tom Tom in St. Louis. I live in Clayton. We could easily put it there. It would be a smashing success. I'll hey, if you, if you know investors, I am definitely down. I would love to open a Tom Tom here, especially like Clayton, maybe Central West End. Perfect. You know, I think like bring 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 the Tom Tom vibe out here. It'll give me an excuse to come back here with Schwartz more often. You know, I'll I'll bring my motorcycle sidecar. I'll love park it. it inside the place. We'll have awesome, amazing craft cocktails, great vegan options. It'll be amazing. Like, let's do it. I mean, you come home enough. You know St. Louis has an amazing restaurant scene. It would be perfect for that. Yeah, definitely. I think St. Louis could use a Tom Tom for sure. I'm in on it. Okay, so the reason that you're home in St. Louis is because you're hosting a New Year's Eve party at yes. Ballpark Village. Uh, one of my favorite lines in Vanderpump Rules ever was when you said, what am I going to do? Am I going to go home and bartend at Ballpark Village? And now you're not bartending <laughs> oh at Ballpark Village. You're hosting the New Year's Eve party. That's so funny. I remember I did say that. Actually, you know, that was always a, a backup plan. You know, like if, if all else fails, I need to move back to St. Louis. I, I, I bartend at Ballpark Village. You'd kill it during Cardinals games. Yeah, yeah. I'd love Absolutely. it. I'd love it. Okay. Um so yeah, this so this New Year's Eve party, we've done we've done things before in the past for Crown Room, but this this is the big daddy. This is uh, you know, in the main room. I think it holds like 4,000 people. Wow. Tickets start at like 70 uh $70. Then I know they're selling tables and then you know, they go all the way up to like 300 for like meet and greet, you know, they're all like inclusive as well. Um we're going to be on stage. We're going to have a bar on stage and uh, you know, a couple other things as well and you know, it's going to be me, Ariana, Schwartz, and Katie, which they get in on the 30th. And, um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Shots, dancing, you know, shenanigans, uh, maybe some shots, you know, maybe jumping up on the bar, pouring shots down people's mouths, maybe, uh, you know, all of it. And then, obviously, the only ball drop in St. Louis. So... It's going to be great. I'm really excited for it. Sounds like the place to be. Everyone needs to go online and get their tickets right now. And 70 bucks, so affordable compared yeah, to a lot of other New Year's parties. Exactly. And especially, you know, for, you know, open bar and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a great deal. And uh, this is going to be my first New Year's Eve in St. Louis in like 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Have you, you normally know, been in L.A.? Um, well, I... I uh, moved from St. Louis to Chicago, so I was there, and then I bounced back and forth from New York and Miami for like three years, and then I moved out to L.A., and I usually work on New Year's. I mean, I guess you could kind of say since I'm hosting the party, I'm sort of working on New Year's, but... But you know, you know how it is. I mean, you have you been in have you been a bartender or a server like in the service industry at all? I am too clumsy to be a bartender or a server ever. I was a hostess. Okay. I was the lala of the group. Okay, all right. So Creepy you know but smile. but you know, you know that New Year's Eve is like the best night to work. Like it's such a money night yeah. for, for the service industry. So yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm stoked. I yeah, I've I've spent like 
I've spent the majority of my life, you know, my adult life, like, working on New Year's. So it's nice to be able to, like, be off, have fun, have my friends and my family, and be in St. Louis. Perfect combination. Yeah. So you said Ariana's coming, Schwartz is coming, Katie's coming. So we know that Ariana's been here before. I think you mentioned Schwartz has been here before. Is this Katie's first time? This is Katie's first time. Okay, so one of the best things about being from St. Louis is we're so proud of St. Louis. Yes. So when people come into our city, we want to show them a good time. So what is on the agenda? What is Tom Sandoval's I have to show my friends this spot in St. Louis. Well, we're calling this trip Toasted Ravioli Redemption because last time when Schwartz was in town, he didn't get to have any Toasted Raviolis or St. Louis-style pizza. So we're making that happen as soon as they get in town, which is going to be on Sunday. And then— Ooh, St. Louis-style pizza, though, is controversial. Really? I think it's great. Sure, but out-of-towners don't really get it. They don't get the Provel. They don't get the Cracker Crust. It's amazing. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. I'm just warning you ahead of time. Um, well, we'll see. Well, it'll be the test. Okay. It'll be the test to see if they pass. Um, but yeah, I think we're just going to hang out, you know, probably, probably take them downtown. I love the St. Louis City Museum. I might have to take them by there. Um, we're not going to have a ton of time and I feel like, you know, we're get, they're getting in the night of the 30th and then the 31st, you know, we'll see like, we'll be, we'll be in St. Charles and we'll be heading downtown, um, on, on that day and obviously prepping for New Year's. So I don't know. If we do have time, I'd love to take them by the City Museum. It's a great spot. It's really cool. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. I've been around in a lot of different cities. I've, you know, and St. Louis City Museum is like, it's it's just truly one of a kind. It's the best. So before we wrap this up, let's do some shots, okay? We'll run through this. Okay. Okay, where is the weirdest place you've ever been recognized? Wow. Let me think about this for a second. Obviously, like, in the bathroom, um... Like, I, wa- I went into a stall one time, and somebody started knocking on the door, and they're like, hey, are you Tom Sandoval? And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll talk to you in a second, man. Sure. You know, like, um, I think, well, let's see what else. I mean, that's pretty much... I mean, it's it happens a lot. And the it funny... everywhere? It ha- yeah, it does. The funny thing is, is like... The craziest thing about, I guess, being a celebrity like me, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, Channing Tatum or, you know, any of those people. Like, those guys are like mega stars. But the funny thing is, is like, because of our show and sort of how they portray us on the show, which is very, obviously very real, but mm-hmm. the, but the, the side of us that you see on the show, because of that, we're so much more accessible to the public in a sense. So, like, when we go out, you know, I, I could be sitting next to, like, Key and Peel, and people will come up to me and ask me for a picture and completely leave them alone. Does that make sense? Of course. So I was getting a facial yesterday, and my esthetician, you know, was asking me about what, what my week looked like, and I told her that I was interviewing you. And she was so pumped, and she goes, you won't believe this. I'm a, such a fan of the show. She goes, I went to L.A., and my boyfriend and I went to TomTom. She goes, and when I walked in, I saw Schwartz and Sandoval across the room, and it felt like I was seeing long-lost friends. Yes. Like, because I, I carve out time during my week, every week, to watch them, and yeah. I feel like I know them. Yes. So that's the thing is you connect with people on such a personal level. Yeah, people definitely, they definitely feel like they know us, and they do. I mean, they do know us, you know, obviously to a certain extent, for sure. I mean, you know, like, 
obviously, because we're so open and real, you know, they they get that. They see our camaraderie, you know, in such a natural way. So, yeah, people come up. to They have no qualms coming up to us, no matter what we're doing. Bathroom stall or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That And, and that's, the, that's the crazy thing about it. Like I said, like on any, like there, there could be any celebrity, even if they're like not like a huge celebrity, but people will like leave them alone and they'll come right up to us and just like, hey, what's up? Like, Because they're not intimidated by you. Exactly, exactly, which is great. It's really cool. It's a blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah, it is, I guess. <laughs> okay, next one. So we're super familiar with your musical skills. We know Charles McManson. <laughs> we know your trumpet skills, the whole deal. You're kind of a triple threat when it comes to that. Okay, so having said all that, I feel like when you sing karaoke, it's really unfair because you're actually very talented. Oh, thank you. But you're you. the guy that I'm sure will come in and absolutely kill it. <laughs> so what's your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> I, I imagine you take it seriously, right, if you're um, a karaoke I has, guy? I, I seriously have fun. Yes. Yeah. Because so, you know you can go up there and you have the skills to really hammer it home. That's so funny because my dad was, just, I was just on the phone with my dad and he's like, all right, so we're getting together. We're doing karaoke on Saturday. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, I have a few. Uh, let's see. Definitely, um, well, a total crowd pleaser is I, uh, Paradise City, Guns N' Roses. Classic. Uh, Muse, Time Is Running Out. Um uh, Steve Perry, Journey, uh, O'Sherry, um, Hall & Oates, uh, Maneater, um, wow, I do Incubus, Pardon Me, um. So you're really tapping into emotions here with people. Yes, yes, you have to, you have to have emotions. I like to do cake, uh, cake too, you know, that's, the, they're, they're fun, um, I don't know. I do Boston sometimes. Like, yeah, you have quite the portfolio. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Because I'll sing a song and then I'll get like, I'll be like, man, I've sang this song too many times. So I'll like want to learn something new. Like I just sang, um, what was it? Uh, don't Stand So Close to Me by uh, The Police. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like to just, I like to just get up there and wail and, and have fun and kill it. <laughs> Ariana's actually really, she she's not like, Obviously, she's not as social as I am, but when she's a hell of a singer. Really? A really good singer. And she can, like, she can imitate, like, anybody. Like, she, I've, she's done, like, Beyonce, like... Wow. Yeah, she does Britney, like, amazing. But she, dude, she can wail. That so girl does can, she go to karaoke? Does she get up and perform? I'll make her do it. I'll, like, I'll put in a song for her and make her do it. You should. I She'll mean, sing heart. Like, she, she wow. like, kills it. Yeah, you should start like a couple bands. <laughs> we've, thought, we've thought about it, but we obviously we have you know I've been in I've been in you know done music for a long time. I've been in numerous bands, and it's so much work. And also like doing it all yourself, it's like there's such a learning curve. So it's it's always nice to be paired up with you know. That's why I always like to do a duo or be a part of a band because I like to. I like the camaraderie and stuff like that, but then you know you have to deal with somebody else's schedules and 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 all that kind of stuff. So it's it's always it's tough. It's tough. All right, next one. I saw online that you revealed you once auditioned for a boy band. Oh my gosh! And I was watching the video and I was thinking, okay, when I look at the lineup of dudes on Vanderpump Rules, you guys could be a boy band. Okay, you have <laughs> you, Schwartz, Jax, James Kennedy, obviously. Yeah. You even have Peter, who's like the older, wiser dude. He has a mm-hmm. deep voice. He seems really unaffected by everything. Uh, so if the Vanderpump Rules dudes, he's like Chris Capat. He's like the Chris Kapatrick. For sure, he's absolutely. <laughs> or the AJ. Oh my gosh, he is. For Actually, sure Jax is kind of Jax is kind of the AJ. No, Jax is kind of like the Nick Carter. 
Is he? A, the troubled bad boy that you think deep down may have a heart of gold. I don't think. Mm, that's funny. I think he's more of like either the AJ or the Brian. Okay, let's go and sync. So I look at it as you are the Justin. Okay. Schwartz is the JC. Okay. Um, I would say James Kennedy is the Lance Bass. Yes. You know, he's clearly third in line. Okay. And then it's like, all right, who's Joey and who's Chris Kirkpatrick? Wow. So I think Joey might be Maybe Joey's Peter. Yeah. And then yeah, maybe Jax is Chris Kirkpatrick. Yeah, or or he's Lance Bass. I don't know. Which is funny, him and Lance Bass are doing um they're working together on a, a drink line. No way. Yeah, it's called Just That X. Jax, you're welcome for the plug. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's J A X for Jax, and yeah. it's Just That X, and it's uh it's basically you just add alcohol, and it comes pre mixed. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. What a great product. I know. I'm jealous. Okay, so if you guys were a boy band, what would your name be? Oh man, we would be the Degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Um, what would we be? Bromance. Bromance is a good one. Yeah. I think that rolls off the tongue. Bromance. Oh, I'm going to see Bromance. I'm so pumped. See? Yes. There you go. Yes. I'm so pumped. There you yeah. go. You guys are Bromance. Bromance. I'm so Vanderpump to see him. Okay. That was cheesy. Um, that was good, though. <laughs> I, was, I like that. I have to tell you, my favorite moment with you on any season is when you were in drag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was your name? Genrod, right? I actually came up with, I came up with Visa Manderhump. But Schwartz was like, I want to be Lisa. So I was like, all right, fine. You, Even though you don't look like Lisa at all, you can you can take the name Visa Manderhump. That's a good friend right there. Dude, I know. I like, trust me, somebody said drag, like, you know me, I'm going for it. Sure. I'm going for it. You're I, all in on a costume. Oh, yeah. And, and Carter was supposed to do it. And, you know, I, I Shay was going to do it, maybe. Um... But they all, like, bailed. I'm like, dude, why, when are you ever going to do this again? Like, you might as well do it. Like, I went, I, like, I bought shapewear, like, ass pads, hip pads, um, cut like, cutlets. I had to go bra shopping. I, you know, I had the, the like, sh- yeah, that, like, tuck thing or whatever. And then I picked out a purse. Like, I got nails with, like, Swarovski crystals on it. Like, lashes. Like, I we went for it. Ariana taught me how to walk in heels. I had to go, you have to go to a special shop to buy, like, drag heels. Like, they, you know, obviously in L.A. they have those. I don't know if they got those around here, but they're hard to find. Like, you know, you need, like, a size, like, I don't know, like, what am I, 13 or 14 in women's heels? (laughs) But you just, though, transformed. I mean, you turned into this sassy barroom broad who wasn't going to take shit from anybody. I mean, I was so impressed. My friends were like, (laughs) God, we all know a gen rod. Dude, for sure. I was, you know, it was funny. It was like, I was like the, yeah, definitely was the sassy one. If, at first, my, my look started off as like the the cool stepmom. And Schwartz was like the wholesome daughter, bride to be. Bride to be. Uh-huh. And I'm like the sassy stepmom that like hits on all like my daughter's like cute boyfriend. <laughs> You're like the mom in Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was funny though. There was all I wanted with dressing up and drag, I was like, I just want to be mistaken one time, one time. And so we, when we went out, we, we went to, uh, we went to this like very like straight sports bar and we walked in and I'm leaning over the bar to get drinks. And security told me that two groups of guys came in before they like actually got a look at my face. And both of them were checking out my ass. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yes. Mission accomplished. Yes. 
Okay, wait. So next question is a little awkward. Speaking of your ass, the last thing I Googled is Tom Sandoval ass tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we all remember the sizzled bacon that it looked like. So follow-up question, is it totally gone? It's not totally gone. Um, I went to one. I actually paid to have it removed. Like, I paid for all the sessions. But I started getting it removed, and I realized, I was like, this is this has a special place in my life, like it's a good memory. It's a dumb memory, but it's a good memory, and it reminds me of the show. It reminds me of where I was at that time, mm-hmm. um, you know, mentally um, and emotionally. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna keep it." You know, it's so bad though. It's crooked. I, you know, what the funny thing? All I did was like, I look, I looked up. It was really late, really late, to where it was like really early in the morning, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I looked up cool letter A, and it was, like, the second A that, like, popped up, and it happened to be on fire, and I just wanted the font, not the flames. Oh, no. And the guy put the flames on it. Yeah, that was a big miscommunication. That's a miss. Yeah. <laughs> That's a miss. So, well, like you said, a great memory, though, and at least yeah. you guys are still together. Yeah. Well, A is my dad. My dad's name's Anthony, and that's my middle name, so, I mean, I guess that's, like, a... Something to fall back on. I don't know, but. <laughs> okay, next one. Would you rather be trapped in an elevator with Sheena or James Kennedy? Oh, Sheena, for sure. Really? Yeah. Dude, James is like, James would be like, <sighs> I think he would just be like bouncing off the walls. He would be like losing it. Sheena would probably lose it too, for sure. But at least I feel like I could sort of like, you know, calm Sheena down. James, I feel like, would just be fucking losing it, yelling, you know, screaming. Try, he would probably try to climb out of the elevator, which is, like, the most— I've read articles, you don't ever try to climb out of the elevator. It's the most dangerous thing to Mistake do. Mistake number one. Can't yeah. do it. So, it, that would be—yeah, I would have to say Sheena. Okay, next one. You are, like, a world-renowned mixologist. Tom, Tom, everyone knows. <laughs> but you're still a boy from St. Louis, and we are known for our beer here. So off the top of your head, what's a cocktail that you would throw together with Bud Light as the centerpiece? You know what? Honestly, I would just do, like, I would do a cucumber, jalapeno, margarita, and top that with Bud Light. Ooh, that sounds amazing. A beer Rita? Yeah. I would do that, or um, I just, I love, like, a Bud Light with a Bloody Mary. Like, literally, I drink them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds classic. All right, who's one celebrity that you want to make a drink for? Brad Pitt. Another Missouri guy. Yes, it's true. You know what's so funny is I used to I used to bartend a lot of private events, um, you know, before I started working at, you know, Villa Blanca and then Sir. You know, you get on, you get in these staffing companies or whatever, and I used to bartend at Brian Lord's house, who's one of the owners of CAA, and I did a lot of, like, movie premieres and stuff like that. I mean, I would be, you know, doing, um, you know, like, Naomi Watts. I'd be in her house. And, like, I'd be in all kinds of celebrities' houses all the time for different things. Jim Carrey's house. like. But Brian Lord's house, you know, one of the owners of CAA, when I was there that night, it was, like, Renee Zellweger, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Madonna, like, you know, Daniel Craig, Josh Hartnett, like, all these celebrities all under one roof and I was like bartending and I remember it's it's one of these things that I used to do I would make up I would make up like a couple signature drinks of the night not necessarily like put them out there or whatever but when somebody would come up I would like have a name for them and Madonna came up and she was like she had this look she's like mm, I don't know what I want I was like I got something for you 
and I made I made it for it was like, you know, absolute crunt. Um, it was uh, what was it uh, like tangerine with uh, pomegranate and Grand Marnier shaken, and then I topped it with like a little champagne. I called it the uh, the Red Devil, and um, for the whole rest of the night, she kept coming back to me for the Red Devil and. Like, everybody else kept coming up for it. Like, Renee Zellweger was like, what's this Red Devil drink? I want to try it. Like, uh, Madonna wants another one of those Red Devils. Like, it was it was great. It's like, it's a move that I learned early on, and it always it always did me right. That's a smart play. Too bad Madonna was like, come with me. You can be my personal bartender. Yeah. Yeah, what's up? Madonna, you know, the offer's still out there if you're, if, if you're interested. That'd be a twist on the show. Yeah. All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much does it suck to have to be around your ex, Kristen Doty, all the time? With work and your friend group when you're filming the show, that has to be super tough. Um, because I think most people in that situation would be like, "I this is too much for me. You know, honestly, I def- it definitely, you know, uh, on a 10, it, was, it used to be a 10. It's definitely gone way down. Um, I, you know... You know, like I said, time heals all wounds. Like, we actually, Ariana and I, I, I see, I felt, Kristen didn't, obviously, you know, breakups are not easy, and it was really rough on her, and I was honestly just, like, worried for, like, <laughs> my safety in a way. <laughs> um, it's funny, but it's not. Um, and, you know, but obviously she's come a long way, you know. Um, she's, you know, obviously been to therapy and all that kind of stuff, but Plus, we've come a long way, too. And I always felt really bad about Ariana having to be around her, really. That's sure. what I felt wor- worse about. Um, but it's funny. Like, we've we, – it's all it's, – it's come, like, full circle in a sense. Not full circle, but it's – you know, we've all really kind of come around, you know, to the point where Ariana and I just shot for her T-shirt line, James May. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's actually a re- really nice when you look back to where you guys were at one point to think that you're at this point. Yeah. You guys are, are much more mature and bigger people than a lot of people out there. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. And Carter just came, me, Schwartz, and Carter, her boyfriend, we, we just went to uh, Big Bear like last week together. We just took a trip, day trip up to Big Bear. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's obviously when you think about it, it's a little weird, but I guess with our group of friends, it's really not. It it just it, it it makes sense for some reason. Totally. At this point, what haven't you guys been through, right? Yeah, it's one of those things with being on the show and being around this group of, of people that that we you kind of learn. Like you're just like, all right, I'm gonna be pissed for a while, but I need some time. But eventually, it's like you come around. You are obviously from St. Louis, which is why you're here hosting this New Year's Eve party. We see you repping St. Louis on the show all the time with your Arch Apparel yes. swag. It's amazing. Um, and you're a big Cardinals fan. You're a big St. Louis sports fan. So, you know, being in St. Louis, we all have that favorite sports memory growing up. So what is your favorite St. Louis sports memory? Oh, wow. Um, well, I mean, I would have to say, what was it? Game... Uh, six of 2011. Oh, was yeah. that right? The David Freeze game. Yes. David Freeze. That was an unbelievable game. I wasn't here. I was in LA and I was at, um, I was at this place called the Hudson and they didn't even have the World Series on all the game. Like it wasn't like a sports bar. It was just a bar and they had the World Series game on and it was literally like me, three other Cardinals fans, 
and like four Texas fans, and we were, uh, yeah, we were just sitting there, and like I never lost faith. I'm like texting my brother. I'm like, we, we were down to our last pitch. I mean, it was an, uh, it's. I think it was probably the best game in World Series history. It was emotional. It was unbelievable. Down to the last strike twice, and it's David yes. Freeze, the hometown kid that comes through. You can't write yeah. that. Yeah, and Pujols too, right. dude. Both of them, and and uh, and you know Molina. Like it was amazing. But I and then you know the next time in 2013 when we went to the World Series, I remember I was telling, we we just won the playoffs. We're going to the World Series. I was like, I'll tell you what, Mom, I'm going to play poker. I'll see how I do. If I make some money playing poker, I'm gonna buy a ticket and I'm gonna buy a World Series ticket and come back. And I went to the, I went and played poker and I made like over two grand. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, all right, coming home. And, and you I got did. the, and I yeah, and I got to see two World Series games, even though we lost. Yeah, it was so one. great being there. Of course. Yeah, we'll have to get back there hopefully at one point. Like I mentioned, you're in town for the Ballpark Village New Year's Eve party. It's gonna be you, Schwartz, Ariana's gonna be there, Katie. Everyone needs to go online and get their tickets. They start at seventy bucks, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so you're known for a lot of things, and one of them is your fearless approach to fashion. I mean, I'm gonna take a photo with you after this. Everyone needs to see this cardigan I'm go- you're rocking. I'm it's going. Amazing. I'm going with '90s heartthrob today oh i'm you're in you kind of you're giving me modern boy band yeah new kids on the block i'm loving it right it's like a a a metal i don't want to call it gold it's It's like a gold metallic cardigan yes it's beautiful like from a distance i would say is that chain metal i don't know it looks great yeah i'm like protected i love it so you know a lot of guys here in st louis don't have the same approach to fashion as you so on new year's eve if they want to go and they want to spice up their look a little bit what's one fashion tip that you would give guys out there uh Wow. I would say in St. Louis, you know, you're going to have a harder time. I would say, yeah, you're going to have a harder time finding things. But if you want to find a cool, like, I have a sequence jacket that I think I'm going to wear. But you can, obviously, between now and then, you might not be able to buy stuff online. ASOS is a good spot for that. Okay. ASOS. Um, but I would say just make sure you're comfortable. Comfortable shoes, you know. Don't get, don't be too dressed up. But, like... You know, have some flavor, have some flair, have some layers, you know, like. Layers is always a good option. If you want, if you, if you wear a bright shirt, but then like calm it down with like a darker jacket. So that way, if you like feel a little too like, you know, hey, all eyes on me, you can put that jacket on and kind of like tone it down a little bit. So I say bright shirt, dark jacket. Great tips. Everyone out there, I hope you're paying attention. Um, One more. Do you guys get drunk and FaceTime Andy? Uh, No, I wouldn't do that to Andy. <laughs> Um, I do, I do. I feel like I, I love Andy. I feel like I would do that all the time. And he's your St. Louis guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I text him every once in a while. I, I actually was watching, um, binge watching Love Connection, and he's so good on that show. He's an amazing host. He's so great. It's such a great show, too. It's so much better than the original. The original was just weird and awkward and nothing like, there was never any sort of like, there was no stakes. If you know what I mean. This, the, the love connection Andy does has actual stakes. Like, they can choose whether they can either take money or a date. So, And what would you choose if you were single? Money or the date? It just depends on the person. <laughs> Good answer. Well, Tom, this was so fun. Thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, my pleasure. This has been a blast. Time for the call to action. Head to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Small Talk. Leave it a rating, preferably five stars, and a review. Like this person, Jojo Kilbasa, who says, love it, five stars. Michelle's the voice of a generation. Can't wait for this podcast to come out every week. Follow, follow, follow. 
I don't know if I'm necessarily the voice of a generation. <laughs> I was going to say, why'd you pick that one, Michelle? <laughs> and you know what? The question then needs to be asked, which generation? <laughs> ah, that's a good point. Yeah, because you're getting up there. Sorry, I had to. You know I what? I had to. I'm sorry. The further we go along with this, the more <laughs> I am siding with the girl who does not want to hang out with you and show you around St. Louis, Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. I'll take it back. You know what, though? I only get a few more of these digs to take until we're in 2019, and then I start fresh, you know? <laughs> new year, new me. Does that mean you're going to be super nice to me and positive all the time? Oh, my God. All the time. Can't yeah. Wait. That's my New Year's resolution, just to be a nice guy. Looking forward to that version of Tom in 2019 and looking forward to providing you guys with more content in the new year. We're going to have a lot of great stuff coming up in 2019 for Small Talk. But until then, Happy New Year and good night, Boston. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.